it's those questions that we can ask. What's most important right now? What matters most right now? And I think there's several things that I look at with this matters most. It's your heart, your trust, your words, and your mind. And so if we can ask ourselves, what am I doing in each of those areas? Um, I think it's going to help us pay attention to not only ourselves, but others around us. Welcome to the 30 Second Book Club podcast, a place for people who want to read more books and be in book clubs, but don't have time to do either and really can't be in book clubs because of social distancing right now. This is a place for you. And you might find yourself during quarantine trying to reconcile relationships, which I think is a great thing. Some of them can be kind of hard, especially uh, relationships like mother-daughter dynamics. That's really difficult. Well, there's a book for you that's going to help out. It's called Mended, Restoring the Hearts of Mothers and Daughters, written by a mother and daughter, Blythe Daniel and her mom, Helen McIntosh. So ladies, let's talk about first off, what made you decide to write this book? We're so thrilled to be able to talk about Mended today because we did feel called to write this book um, because we knew so many mothers and daughters who were telling us, you know, I don't have the relationship that you and your mom have, or I feel like my mom and I are on two different planets and how do I bridge the gap, so to say. And so really out of my mom and I, working on our relationship, we felt like there were some things that we had learned um, together as mother and daughter that we could share with people, not look at us, we've done it all right, but more in terms of these are some things that God has shown us. And, and we, you know, if they help you great, you know, we want to be champions for mothers and daughters. So that's really where it came from. You talk about what to do when you don't know what to say. That's right. There are so many people that we have met that say, you know, I want to get restored with my mother or my daughter, but I don't know what to say. And so it was our delight um, to include dozens and dozens of conversation starters, although Blythe and I have started calling them relationship starters, because when you don't know what to say, those first words are so critical. And they we um, feel like the ones we've offered the reader they're welcoming and not controlling and they're polite, they're kind and, and they are, they bring results. They really do bring great, great beginnings. Hmm. And I like what you say here. You said in the book, one of the most honest things we can say to a loved one at a time when you might not be seeing eye to eye is, or they're going through a tough time. I don't know what to say, but I care about you. Correct. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I think one of the things is just like you just noted, you just mentioned, Andy, is that we want to acknowledge that it's difficult to know what to say to someone sometimes. And so even just being able to say, I know things are messy right now between us, or I'm not totally understanding where, where we are right now, but I know that, that I want to be close to you. I know that I don't want to be in an awkward relationship. And so what do you think we need to do to make things better? really helps the other person feel like you're listening to them and you want their input rather than just like pointing a finger at them and saying, it's your fault that we're not close or what are you going to do about it? You know, so it just really kind of opens up the conversation to where you're not pointing fingers and blame. It's, it's just mutual admiration and mutual coming together. Correct. And you're talking about the relationship and not them per se. So they sense right away you're not trying to change them. <laughs> but, you know, the, the relationship is what is, is being looked at. And that's sort of safe territory. It feels, feels very safe. 
Relationships, so important. And, and you talk about um, relationships, of course, in the entire book. And I thought this was kind of interesting. I never thought about it this way, but we hear forgiveness all the time. Forgiveness is a, such an important thing, especially when you're mending and restoring the hearts of mothers and daughters. And and how about you guys dig a little deeper into the three levels of forgiveness? First will be so um, routine, probably for most of your listeners, but it's that wonderful prayer that we pray asking God for forgiveness for our sins. So that's number one. <laughs> but number two is when we have realized how we've injured someone, we pray and ask their um, forgiveness. And then this third one is is what is unusual, and that is realizing that you may only have 2% wrong in the relationship or 5% that the other person is really the perpetrator, but you you um, are willing to go to them and clear that up just to clear your end of the relationship. So the, it would sound something like this. Um, I, I really am so, um, I was so wrong to do such and such. And I am so sorry will you forgive me? So it's that it's a three pronged conversation. The first thing was speaking of the offense that you might've cleared up. And then secondly is that you really are so terribly sorry. And then thirdly asking them, will they forgive you? And it's just so powerful. Blythe, what would you like to add, darling? I think that the the part of that third part that mom just mentioned is so important because sometimes we even have to say to the other person who has hurt us, um, I choose to forgive you. And um, so certainly we are asking their forgiveness, but we're also saying to them, I choose to forgive you because that's like letting go and releasing what we've held on to. And, it, and it's not expecting or waiting for that person to come to you because they may never ask your forgiveness, but it's even just saying, I choose to forgive you. And I choose to not let this stand in the way of our relationship. Um, and so to, we're really modeling and trying to talk about healthy relationships. And I think sometimes we think that um, to be to be healthy, then the other person has to acknowledge what they've done. And as we know, that just doesn't always happen. And so we can be the ones to let it go. It's not saying it didn't happen or it's not just letting it roll off your shoulders and never coming back to it. It's just making a conscious choice to say, I'm not going to let this weigh me down for the rest of my life. And with God's help, I choose to forgive you. All right, so this um, uh, this book, of course, has so many great, so much great advice. But I think it's kind of funny that you have a whole um, chapter talking about how to give advice and accept advice too. <laughs> but I mean, how many how many issues do you have, uh, mothers and daughters especially? How many uh, issues come just from that? Mom wants to give advice, daughter doesn't want to accept advice, or the other way around. <laughs> you you are very very knowledgeable. That that's so true, Andy. And when advice comes, the implication is that you want the other person to change. And boy, do we resist change with every fiber of our being. <laughs> so Blythe and I have longed for decades to be polite with each other. And so we we have learned the code words <laughs> of uh, putting on that top bun and making sure that we invite ourselves in. So we say something like, um, you know, thank you for sharing 
such and such. Um, I've given a lot of thought to it, and and may I may I give you some feedback or Blythe? What are some examples you've had? Yeah, you know, I think mom when she says the top bun of just like if you think about the the top of you want to start with something affirming, and then that meat sometimes is the difficult middle of what you might be addressing, and then the bottom bun might be that layer of just affirmation of your desire for the relationship. So it could even look like you know. Um, I know that um, this is a tricky place for you to be in right now. And um, is it okay for me to make a suggestion? Do you want to hear about how I handled this when I was a young mother? Um, if you're saying this to the daughter um, and, and then going back to, I know that you'll make the right decisions. And so like that would be the, that final step, but it's like, instead of saying, well, you should do this and you, you can't do that. And, you know, and that like that's part of your advice. We we bristle at that because we don't want to we don't want to look like we don't know what we're doing, right? And I I did that early on, and as a young mom, and and mom said something to me, and I was able. She asked me, um, "Is it okay if I make a suggestion?" And I was able to say yes or no. And I think one time I did say, um, <laughs> I, "I'm not ready for that right now," or you know, because I wanted to prove myself. And so I think they're just knowing the season of when to ask for giving a, in a, you know, a suggestion is helpful and knowing when not to do that is also helpful. And tying in with the advice and trying to figure out when to give it or not, uh, talking about, uh, talk about resisting the seas, changing and controlling your mother or daughter. <laughs> Boy, that is a tough one, but I think if you keep it in the uppermost part of your head, what you were really wanting to change is the relationship, not the person. Although we're speaking to to one another, but if 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 one can continue to say it's the relationship that you want to get restored, and the relationship is foremost in your thinking, then that that is really a big big help in that conversation. And what Blythe and I really are passionate about is helping people to start right where they are and move forward. It's really comforting to know that you're not, that we're not trying to change the whole back history and because there, these relationships have so much history and, and so many years behind them. And this is moving forward from, from the present. When you say Bly. I, I agree. And I also think that when we are wanting to change or control someone, it's about us trying to control their behavior or their thoughts. And no one thrives in that type of a relationship. And so being able to let go, even if you think you know what's right for that person, um, and you'd like to see, see them make a certain choice, it's just letting go. Because you know what, we learn so much better. I know I have by making a decision and then coming back later on and realizing I probably made the wrong decision rather than having my mom control me or tell me this is what I should do. And I did that with my daughters and the way that they were dressing to go to church. <laughs> like what a bad message to send to your kids. Like you have to dress a certain way. I'm going to control what you wear. Um, and, and they didn't like that feeling of being controlled. And, and so um, I, I think it's just really about letting go some of the ways that we think that it's helpful, but actually it's crippling to the other person. Those two C words, the change in control. <laughs> Maybe someone's reading this book and they're trying to mend a relationship with their mother or their daughter and, and they just keep hitting a wall. They've tried to do everything. And, and I love at the end you talk about how um, you have a restored heart even when a relationship isn't. How do we do that? 
Boy, that is God's best thing, isn't it? Um, he is the one who who mends our broken hearts and broken dreams. And I think he his grace allows us to to work on the relationship as much as we can. And he's the one that shows us some things to clear up. But once we've done all we know to do, we get to rest at his feet and and trust and believe that he is operating even when we can't see it. I love um, Ephesians 6 where it talks about putting on the armor and right before you get dressed up, it says in verse 13, and having done all to stand. And I, I just love that posture that once we've done all that we've known to do, we leave it there and and continue to pray, continue to think, continue to be open. But, you know, God doesn't call us to to do their part. We, we have to just do our, our part. You know, I think that um, when we can initiate a conversation or a letter or even a video um, and send a message to someone that's in your life that you want to be closer with, it certainly is a, a good first step. Maybe even just acknowledging something that you have in common. That's something that we that we always go back to is, you often, you know, have a place that you can start from that's common ground. And so starting there and also realizing that if they're, if they're in not in your life any longer and you're not able to physically talk to them or reach out, that, that being able to go before God and saying, God, I need you to heal this place in my heart that I'm not going to get on this side of eternity um, with this person. I need you to fill in those gaps. I need you to show me how you will be able to help me heal my heart. And here's the ways that I'm going to that I'm going to come to you and seek this um, with you. And so journaling, um, writing out letters to God that, that you are sincerely wanting to, to have these places healed in your heart. Um, again, as mom said, we do what we can and we, we leave the results to God. All right. So the book is called Mended. Uh, Blythe Daniel, Helen McIntosh, thank you so much uh, for joining me. So uh, you can find out more about their book. Uh, check it out wherever you get books now, you know, uh, maybe online because you can't go to a store. <laughs> Mended. Uh, and, and speaking of that, let's just jump into a little bit uh, with the COVID-19 situation and you guys talking about mending relationships. What if people feel socially distant from their family members? How can you initiate something to help not feel so apart from people right now? You know, I think one of the ways that we can do this is that so many of us feel socially distant right now, as you said, Andy, but but maybe even the the bigger piece for them right now is this relational distancing that's happening in their families. And so, you know, a lot of us are checking in on families and it might be awkward and hard for you to pick up the phone or for you to to do a text or um, an email and just say, hey, um, I know I haven't talked with you in a while, but I just want to make sure that you're okay. Is there anything that you need? And and so being the one to break the ice, so to say, I think that goes a long way, which really is a principle that we talk about in our book of being the initiator and, um, and taking a risk. And so um, as much as you can, without even having to go into where your relationship is right now, but just being able to say, hey, um, you came to mind. I, I want to reach out and find out how you're doing. Um, it may have been years since you've talked, but the social distancing thing is real and it's hard for people. And I think even more so it brings up what could be happening relationally in families and, and being able to talk maybe for the first time in a while that this situation that we're in nationally has brought us together. In this great challenge that's in front of us, uh, you guys, you believe that there's a great opportunity 
to connect with people maybe that are coming back that have been living far away. And so how can we show up for those people that we feel like we need to talk to? You know, I think Blythe offered in her comments just before this um, email online, (laughs) uh, the real the real telephone, the (laughs) many other ways we connect and um, offer to even drive by and at a distance spring soup or or uh, connect in other ways or wave to them. I know we're we're distancing our ourselves to Blythe's brother, actually, who lives in our same city, Blythe in Colorado, and I'm in Georgia. So sadly, we're distanced, but we've been working on FaceTime a lot and <laughs> connecting on FaceTime, and that that has been wonderful. Sending text messages, um, but for those that are have not gotten in that loop, maybe that's something someone could help them do to connect is teach them how to go online or teach them. I found myself sharing with someone yesterday how to do FaceTime, which is routine for me, but not, it wasn't for her. And it put her in such better touch with her family. You know, I love the idea of um, people being able to send video messages these days. And so it might be hard right now for someone who feels very alone and very distanced from family. And so it might be awkward to call but there's always the opportunity to send a video and express your thoughts through video right now. And that can't be mistaken. That can't be, um, your words can't come out of context. You know, sending that video could, could be a powerful message. And, and I think one way that even just break the ice would be able to say, um, I feel lonely right now. And I know that, you know, that things with us aren't the best they've ever been, but I, but I want to reach out to you and, and be the one um, to let you know that I care about you. And so just something simple like that is such a good way to reach out during the social distancing. All right. One more question uh, as we're socially distancing it. And it gives us uh, having more time to yourself and at home. It really makes you reflect a little bit more. And you, you, you get this bigger picture of all right, what really matters right now in my life. And in your book over and over again, you just talk about the importance of relationships. But if you're not quite, if someone's maybe at a point where they're not quite sure where they stand in a relationship, um, what's some questions maybe you can ask yourself and, and, and the people that we want to reunite with? You know, I was thinking the other day how I wish that I had asked my mother for more family information. Um, maybe we could have joined Ancestry together or done s- some some work at home. And that would be a very emotionally neutral question to ask, say, a family member you've not been in touch with is, during this at-home time, would they be willing to help chart your family lineage and and see the generations? That would just be a wonderful project. It would it would be very enriching. Yeah, I think Mom's saying too. Like you know, when you when you're at home more, you think about our generations that went through. Um, you know, the Black Plague or something where they were inside for long periods of time. How did they do it? They didn't even have some of the tools that we have today. And so thinking back to how am I going to go through this time and be um, be strong for my family? And, and really even some of the questions like, what matters most to me right now? My comforts or reaching my family? You know, what are the things that are surfacing in my heart from this season? Um, what are the things that I can do tangibly from my home? 
um, who needs me today to show up for them? And it might be a child who needs you to pay attention to them. And so I think, like you said, Andy, it's those questions that we can ask. What's most important right now? What matters most right now? Um, I think there's several things that I look at with this matters most. It's your heart, your trust, your words, and your mind. And so if we can ask ourselves, what am I doing in each of those areas? Um, I think it's going to help us pay attention to not only ourselves, but others around us. In a time when days seem to just kind of melt together and you can feel like you're just going through the motions of life, how do you see God in this time? And, and how can God use the insignificant to create the extraordinary? That is the idea behind Cheryl Brady's book, Don't Miss the Moment. You won't want to miss that. That's next week on the 30 Second Book Club podcast.